Mark Williams has been starting lately. We take a look at the, at the numbers with him in the starting lineup, and we'll get Nick Carboni's takes on All-Star Weekend and if the Hornets could also bring back an old coach like the Carolina Panthers did. We'll talk about all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free. We are available anywhere you get your podcast, and that is includes youtube this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. by the way uh the official sports book of locked on and you can make every moment more by visiting fanduelcom slash locked on today to get started you know me i'm walker mail you know doug branson of every and now you know nick carboni as well you can find him on nbc his Twitter handle is on uh, Twitter at Nick Carboni WCNC, and he joins us making his weekly appearance. Nick, how are you doing, man? I'm good, guys. How are you? We're doing well. We appreciate you joining us once again. I want to talk about your viral tweet yesterday for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> the tweet that w- that you had to mute because all of the replies and you said that they were quote mean lol so <laughs> that was we want to get to that later on and has we can tie it back to the charlotte hornets even though your tweet was about the carolina panthers doug we were talking about some content though discussing mark williams and he's been in mm-hmm. the starting lineup ever since they traded mason Plumley. kind of a brutal lineup to go through to get your first starts under your belt going against the denver nuggets going against Boston Celtics and going against both of those teams right in your small sample size, but still probably enough to where we can start to look at the numbers and how the Hornets are a little <clears> bit different with Mark Williams out there on the court, starting in place of Mason, who was traded. What do you uh, see from the numbers of cleaning the glass there, Doug? Well, let's just pull up those numbers, shall we? So uh, at the yeah. top of my page here on cleaning the glass, and I'll read through these for the audio podcast, folks, we've got the lineup with Mark Williams in the starting lineup, it has 147 possessions so far, so enough for cleaning the glass to do some kind of contextualization of these numbers. Offensively, things look great. 121 points per possession. That's the 70th percentile among NBA uh, five-man lineups. Effective field goal percentage at 58%. Uh, and especially if you take into account, I mean, if I just scroll up a little bit through a lot of these starting lineups, I mean, it's a lot of blue, which is bad. Um, And these are above average numbers so far offensively. Uh, 68th percentile on effective field goal percentage, not turning the basketball over. The offensive rebound rate is down uh, from some of these other lineups. And the free throw rate is about average. But then we scroll over to the defensive numbers, and I'm just going to pull the Mark Williams lineup here to the top. And they're allowing 135 points per possession. That would be dead, almost dead last in terms of percentile among the rest of the league. Effective field goal percentage allowed at 59%. So they're giving up more than they're they're getting offensively, even though they're playing great offensively. Uh, They're not generating a lot of turnovers. They're allowing too many offensive rebounds. uh, But they aren't fouling as much, which has been a problem for the team this season. So defensively, ew. Offensively, okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, defensively, so he started four games. He started his first one at Boston, and then you played against Denver, 
the next two games were against Atlanta and then they were against San Antonio. Nick, what have you made of Mark Williams uh, return just with the naked eye, not going to cleaning the glass, but what did you think about how he did in the starting lineup? Yeah. So, I mean, you look at the four matchups and the first two are obviously the ones that are going to jump out because he's going up against uh, Jokic and who was the first game again? I already forgot. Uh, Williams. I mean, you know, so those are like physically you're like, whoa, okay. Those are big matchups. But then I thought the one where he got really lost defensively was against the Hawks and Clint Capella. Absolutely. Just like basically ghosting him uh, to get by him on screens and having easy buckets down low. So uh, you know, he's obviously got a lot to clean up on that end, but really like what I've seen from Mark Williams, um, both sides of the ball near the rim. I mean, he can change the dynamic of a possession. Hopefully he can extend that out. We've seen him defend the perimeter, uh, two in two big moments at his last two games before the all-star break, Doug and I talked about that last week. And I think you kind of look at the free throw shooting and I, and I know Steve Clifford looks at the free throw shooting and uses it as a sign of things to come for Mark Williams. Uh, somebody that, you know, we discussed during the draft process of, Hey, can he get outside and shoot? Eventually uh, it sounds like that is something that they're working on daily, but just not bringing into games at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll see more of that next year and that should help expand it. Yeah. So if we're, if we're only talking about four starts, right. And two of them are against the two best teams in the NBA with Boston and Denver, it's going to be tough to stop those teams at all. Right. Especially with one of those matchups being against what is probably going to be a three time straight MVP with Nikola Jokic on the other side, it's really tough. One of the better offensive players in the game, maybe the best offensive player in the game right now, you're right to bring up Atlanta. So if we try to find that happy medium and just the four game sample size that we have where it's Boston and Denver to start. And then you also have San Antonio. And if you're going to give Mark credit and kind of give an excuse to some of the numbers for better teams, then maybe you don't want to inflate the San Antonio game nearly as much because defensively the Spurs are the worst team in the NBA. And yes, that even includes the Charlotte Hornets, but Mark had four blocks. He did what he was supposed to do against San Antonio. The guy was amazing defensively. And Nick Richards also played pretty well defensively later on um, had five blocks. I think total in that one as well. Atlanta seems to be the one to go to at least a little bit. And Clint Capella, you're right. Got the best of them at the beginning And then Mark Williams had the play of the game to help them secure that victory at the end. And I think, look, I'm taking in all of the good, especially with this season. You know, we can be cognizant of all of the bad that can happen with Mark Williams. There's no doubt about that. Like, we we don't have to ignore it completely. But you can choose, okay, this is already a season that has just not been at all what the Hornets have planned. And the first round pick is a bright spot. Mark Williams is a bright spot as far as I'm concerned. And so we'll see like when he gets a 10 game sample size, we can start to kind of dive in a little bit more and go really with the trend, you know, 15, just seeing how he finished post post all-star break. Those numbers will matter a lot to Mark because that's when he'll get a lot of his start. So um, yeah, I I just think with, with those four games, you get both ends of the spectrum, two crazy games against Boston and Denver, one against San Antonio on the opposite side. And then, Doug, you have Atlanta in the middle there that Nick alluded to. Yeah, I mean, this is a small sample size, so we'll we'll put that caveat in there. But I think there are some things that we can glean. And I think one of them is that, you know, Mark Williams has some issues when it comes to the pick and roll uh, defensively. Uh, and teams have been attacking him there. And, and they haven't been attacking uh, – they hadn't been attacking Mason Plumley as much – 
you know, 1v1, I think Mark Williams and Mason Plumley are pretty much scratch if you're just talking about, you know, guarding someone straight up. And I think Mark Williams probably even has an advantage over Plumley because of, of his of his wingspan, his length, Down his ability low, to block sure, shots, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but in pick and roll, all of a sudden things change a little bit because, you know, you've got to put yourself in, in a position very quickly to make sure that you can, you know, maintain the coverage. And he hasn't been able to do that so far. And I think that will improve as time goes on. But I think you can account for him in the defense numbers in the offensive numbers I'm not sure he's really had enough of an impact to necessarily make a difference in the offensive numbers if you dig down a little bit deeper their efficiency has come actually from the mid-range short mid long mid they've been taking a lot of shots there and they've been making them I think really the biggest factor offensively in their offensive improvement over the past couple of games has been Gordon Hayward uh, picking things up getting more aggressive because in terms of three-point shots they're pretty much taking the same amount as they've been taking with Mason Plumley in the lineup. And they're making, I mean, honestly, of the main Mason Plumley lineups, it's about the same or a little bit less from three. Um, Lamelo's been shooting it well, but not a lot of other guys are shooting it well. So, you know, I, I think there's some things we can take from the numbers, some things we, we can't. But I agree with you, Walker. We've seen enough flashes where, like, a, a lot of people are excited about the future with Mark Williams. Yeah, and just real quickly, Nick, you can finish up. I mean, does this seem like a guy that you're still excited about to see what the future holds for him? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I started with kind of the the, the negative and the defense and getting lost on those pick and rolls. But overall, I mean, for a guy that, you know, obviously people wanted Jalen Duran, people wanted, you know, maybe somebody else in that spot. But I think he has proven that he, you know, could be the right pick overall. And the Hornets obviously have had a huge need at that position for a long time. And he really does look like somebody that can develop into that center outside of them lucking into the lottery uh, and, and getting the number one pick in Victor Weminyama. I think they've got somebody that they've drafted and can develop uh, into being that, you know, really good caliber NBA starting center for yeah. a long time. And somebody that pairs really well with LaMelo ball once they really start to, to mesh uh, well on on offense especially mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um well we've talked about mark williams and the sample size and a couple of the tough teams he's faced well one team just got a lot tougher that he's going to face next week coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet so some news broke that kevin durant they are eyeing a return for him to come back and play for phoenix wednesday when they play the Charlotte Hornets ah. at the Spectrum Center. Because, the, of course, that's how it goes. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but not before we discuss FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season. It's now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and the threes drained, whatever you want. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. More to come on Locked on Hornets. Is Locked on Hornets. Are we sure that like everyone interprets a handful as five? I, I think, think so. so. Honestly, I would I'm, say a handful is normally five, but I would agree. four is acceptable. What's the whole five <laughs> things in my hand? Look, one, this is a pen, a book, 
I got okay. a phone. Yeah, you're, you guys are actually right. It's getting pretty full. Yeah, I know. Here's a cable. Five. Okay, that's five. That's five. And here's right, a coffee cup. What else? It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug cheats in that clip. He brings in his other hand for the coffee cup. Just to make a point of it doesn't have to be five. That's Doug Hands full. Man. Prove it. Full. Prove it. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you cut to the graphic immediately after that. Locked on Hornets, Nick Carboni joining us of WCNC. And let's get to the Kevin Durant stuff first, and then I want to get your Miles Bridges take. But we did see that Kevin Durant set to make his debut for Phoenix against the Hornets on Wednesday. I feel like we've seen this before. I, I think we had this with Tobias Harris a couple of years back where <laughs> it's totally hit- the same thing. You're right. <laughs> Kevin Durant, Tobias Harris, totally the same thing. <laughs> he hit the game winning shot against the Hornets and then got traded to Philadelphia. And then he played Charlotte. And then I think Tobias as a Hornets killer, hell, he basically plays like Kevin Durant. But when we see other guys make the debut, I think LeBron did this this year. Did that happen too? Is that that might be a better comparison than Tobias as well, if you want to go with that. But it it feels like, of course. So I I will ask you this, Nick. Is this a good thing, though, because of the lottery odds? Is this a bad thing because you don't want to see Phoenix at full strength go against Charlotte? I'm not sure it was going to matter. uh, But, yeah, it certainly closes the door on any potential victory for the Charlotte Hornets, most likely, unless Durant just, you know, comes back is has an off night. Phoenix doesn't know how to figure that out in the moment. And Charlotte, you know, shoots, you know, shoots well and and Mm -hmm. has the game of its year. It's mostly just annoying, right? It's like, yes, we have the attention of the NBA universe. Oh, it's because Phoenix is starting Kevin Durant against the Charlotte Hornets. That's just kind of the way uh, that that it that it goes uh, sometimes in Charlotte. And uh, yeah, it's annoying, really. I'm already getting calls from our Phoenix station, like, "Hey, can you like go get shoot around? And can you go to post <laughs> for Kevin Durant?" I'm like, "No, oh, you want you want some Gordon? Go you want some Gordon Hayward clips? Go, yeah, I have to go talk to Steve Clifford after this one. Leave me alone." <laughs> Well, well, what you should do, no, this is great. You you accept that responsibility, and then you just send them LaMelo ball footage. That's all. <laughs> right. Don't Absolutely, send him any yeah. KD. He's not there. One just... of the, the star player from the game. Is that this isn't correct? That's yeah. right. This is our star player. Doug, you were you were thinking about something. You were tapping the old chin. You were deep in thought. What were you thinking about? Well, I'm thinking the Hornets got a couple of national TV games taken away from them because they revolved around the Ball brothers, neither of which were playing, so they they snatched those away from us. I'm wondering, I don't know if this news has already uh, come about, but I'm wondering if they flex in this game uh, for KD's debut against the Suns, if we see this on TNT or ESPN. I wonder. Uh, Also, I think this is an interesting thing in that it's a home game for the Hornets. So look, you know, fans haven't had a ton to watch this season, so I'm actually happy for, for fans. They get to come. LaMelo Ball's healthy. It's going to be LaMelo, KD. You get to see your team. I think Clifford's going to enjoy this because you get to see your team against, you know, a formidable opponent. It, it's going to mean more to see the team play the Suns at, at somewhat full strength. But in terms of Kevin Durant deciding to come back against the lowly Charlotte Hornets, I'll just say this. Devin Snooker already rubbing off on my guy, KD. You know, he could have come back against any team. You know, he could have waited maybe a couple more games and come back against a real contender. Instead, he decides to do a little warm-up game against the Charlotte Hornets. Give me a break, KD. That's why he's not a champion. 
you managed to insult Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and the Charlotte Hornets all within one sweeping take. It's a and handful, handful of complaints. Handful there's of about to be a handful insults. of insults that you had with just one sweeping statement. So, yes, Kevin Durant set to make his debut against the Charlotte Hornets. At least that's the expected date. I don't know if that's confirmed. Like, he's absolutely gearing up for that. But that that is what's reported, the, uh, the target debut for one Kevin Durant. Let's talk about Miles Bridges. We did this a little bit yesterday here, Nick, but I wanted to get your thoughts because Miles Bridges attended the Michigan State-Indiana basketball game at Michigan State just a couple of days ago. And Larry Lage, who Doug made fun of and said that he also has a, a fake real name. Guy. It sounds like a fake name. Guy. So there's another insult there. Prove it. Um, Larry Lage, the AP, Miles Bridges told the Associated Press that it's been a long process and that he might be back in March we kind of talked about the uncertainty as far as the suspension goes. Just what are your thoughts about the comment? And then maybe when uh, Miles Bridges does come back, what we could expect. I would put less into the comment if we hadn't heard from Mitch Kupchak. What was it last week on that mm -hmm. conference call from Paris? Because I think what we gleaned from that media session was that Mitch Kupchak and this organization view the Miles Bridges situation as the you know, first thing that completely threw this season off track, then you add in significant injuries to significant players for significant time. And I think in Mitch Kupchak and the Hornets mind, they can bring back a 20 points per game player, their leading scorer from last year, a borderline all-star and, you know, basically get back to where they were progress wise. And in terms of the PR blowback that will happen, you know, I think it's important locally to hold, you know, people like me accountable and others to ask the questions, but we haven't really seen this story get a lot of, you know, outrage nationally, even when it happened for whatever reason. So, you know, a few months after miles pleads, no contest and receives probation, you wait a few more months into the season and then even longer, when he's finally brought back, like how loud is it nationally? I just don't see it, you know, spurning that much outrage uh, throughout the NBA because it just hasn't so far. So maybe the Hornets are prepared to deal with whatever it is that comes back their way. So uh, I, I really think that he will be handed a large suspension by the NBA once the investigation is complete. I mean, we're in a different time, a different league, a different world than uh, when the Jeffrey Taylor situation happened in Charlotte. Obviously, it is also legally a different situation, as you guys have dissected. But I think that number comes with a caveat because Miles Bridges, who has, you know, for all we know, been eligible to play in the NBA this entire time, hasn't been able to, uh, you know, because of the situation that that happened. I don't know if he's going to get credit for the time he's missed. I could see something like that happening. And Doug, that's something you kind of thought yesterday as well. But, but I mean, basically just saying, or maybe they don't give a large suspension, but you kind of had some of the similar ideas there. And uh, did you take anything away from Mitch Kupchak's comments from Paris about Miles Bridges, how much that affected their play this year and just how much they kind of, okay, it, because he missed all this time, that clearly had a big impact on our overall record. Well, that's obviously how they see it. And, and yeah. I think you can look over the history of, of how this is all developed and you really can't point to a time when the team or Miles Bridges 
showed their hand in terms of any kind of conflict between Bridges and the team or any kind of disruption between the relationship of those two people or those two entities. And, and that's not to say that what that that relationship is great, but we just know that there has been no disruption. And so it would not surprise me if there was a reunion sooner rather than later. And, and it's not, you know, it, it, the, the reason is pretty simple. Uh, uh, going back to Nick's point, the reason is pretty simple is that the NBA uh, doesn't take domestic abuse very seriously. I, I don't think teams take that issue very seriously. And, and that's going to be reflected um, in both the punishment and the, the treatment of, of that player. And we've kind of already seen it with the support that he's had from, from uh, his fellow players. And so that that just is what it is, and the and the the the, the team, Charlotte Hornets, are going to operate within that framework um, uh, to try to put a winning product on the floor. And you know, you can think about that whatever you want to think about it. Yeah, the the national perspective is is interesting to me because th- this is different in a new world, in a new league that Nick alluded to. And if Adam Silver hands down some kind of soft punishment, or alongside the Charlotte Hornets. I do think there's going to be the backlash. I only think there's going to be backlash for a certain amount of time. And the Hornets are going to deem it worthy to weather the storm, which is so much the case for a lot of domestic violence incidents that we've seen in the NFL, which has had a lot more. Right. So I I am interested because the Charlotte Hornets just haven't said anything. Even in that Miles Bridges soundbite where Mitch Kupchak is talking to media and speaking from Paris, he's saying, look, I, I don't want to talk about the investigation. I can't do it. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's ongoing, and I'll let you be the judge on how much Miles Bridges' absence impacted us, basically. Not verbatim, but that's what he said. So he's, we know what he thinks about Miles and the impact on the team, and then we can clearly grab some of our own ideas as to, all right, well, Mitch Kupchak clearly <laughs> thinks that impacted the team a lot. They're going to bring back Miles. I, J, I'm, just, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around how much time Miles is going to miss even after the time he's already missed this year and how valuable that makes him or if that how much that decreases or increases it. Because if it's a long suspension, the gross part of this is how much do you want a guy back that might miss a year and a half of what is his supposed prime? Like, are we just expecting Miles to come in and pick up right where he left off? Or is there going to be some big time rust? It's a lot of time. And so that's the gross overall part about this too, but that's another thing. Go ahead, Doug. Well, I think uh, here's another gross part of this is that the Charlotte Hornets as an organization, it seems like from those Mitch Kupchak comments and, and other things, it seems like they feel like they have no other choice, right? Like it feels like they, they right. feel like they have to do this because it presents them with an opportunity uh, again, to glitch the matrix, to figure something out in a way that gives them an advantage over other teams. And, and you hear it over and over from Mitch Kupchak talking about how this is a, you know, this is a small market team and that there are barriers to entry in terms of free agency. He's always talking, he's talking down the ability of the Charlotte Hornets to compete on the open market. And that's, that's the, that's the vibe. That's the mood within the organization. And they feel like they have no other choice, but to pursue this. And I think that's sad. Well, and, and even even you bringing up the fact that it, it, it's almost like they don't have any other choice. I mean, it's it's like he's kind of talking about it from an obvious standpoint that that was what the comment how I took it when he was discussing this in Paris. He was like, well, I'll let you be the judge of how much Miles Bridges hurt us. It's like it's obvious we got to bring him back. <laughs> you know, like we what else would we do? Well, you, you could you could not bring him back. You could that not is the sign other. a restricted free agent that, you know, 
almost but didn't make the all like it's you know I don't want to get into like how good he is as a player or not and how that bears on the situation but you're right I mean there is a choice here that you know and and it just seems like they are viewing it as well this is why things went bad so to get things back on track we just have to fit all those puzzle pieces back together uh in 2023-24 well and, and the other thing too if man if miles comes back and they're still flirting with a 10 seed because the eastern conference is so good i mean i i think they would be a play-in team it is not a foregone conclusion that they would right. be a top six by any stretch of the no. imagination we'll, we'll, we'll see what victor does if he's here we'll see what scoot does if he's here keep, yeah keep speaking keep speaking that into the universe i appreciate right. that just just assume 100%. that they're going to get the number one overall pick and bring victor here but no yeah scoot whatever you know the, the brandon miller situation is now okay if that was going to be your third overall pick Maybe that's taking a hit because of the the trouble that he's in, even though he had a monster game last night. Like, yeah, so it's not a foregone conclusion that, okay, we bring Miles back and we're right back on the trajectory of being a top six team or getting closer to that. Well, this is something interesting to take into account, too, and something that you and I don't often discuss when we when we talk about this, which was before all of this happened, before the the, the domestic violence case. There were still other things, red flags that we were talking about oh, with yeah. Miles Bridges heading oh, yeah. into his restricted free agency. Had none of this happened, we were still talking about that. And so whatever they end up doing, uh, if, if they bring him back, I think, you know, they, they are risking uh, further issues down the line. A team that has been bathing in, you know, uh, <laughs> off the court issues for, for many years now yeah. is, is just courting that. And I, I just... Don't think that's very wise, but we will see how it plays out. That, that's right. That That's the better. Right. Yeah, we'll see because there, there could be a lot of different things that come the way of a suspension for one Miles Bridges. And if he does indeed come back and play with the Charlotte Hornets. All right. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Let's move on to a subject that I'd rather talk about. Of course, anybody would rather talk about. It is a tweet that went viral from one Nick Carboni. He's the one that had the picture of Dom Capers speaking to the media. Dom Capers is a senior defensive assistant and a former head coach, the first head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So how can we make that into a transition about the Charlotte Hornets? How can we relate those two topics? You'll have to find out coming up next on the Locked on Hornets uh, podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And just that I showed any kind of vulnerability, well, you, yeah, you I just, think not is just going to jump You are the gazelle limping <laughs> through the African <laughs> safari. I'm in the mud. Yeah. I'm in I'm in some sticky yeah, mud. You are the hippo stuck in the mud. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm about to just get destroyed by Nas, or by Nada's <laughs> By Nas. By Nas. <laughs> He's going to come out with me a rap battle. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Nick, why don't you explain your tweet with Dom <laughs> Capers in it? Yeah, explain exactly. your explain, tweet. So the Panthers have gotten great PR by the coaching staff that they've put together under Frank Reich. There's a lot of nostalgia, a lot of guys coming back, including Frank Reich, obviously. And so they were rolling out these assistant coaches all week over at the stadium so we could talk to them and, and get some content. Little did I know what kind of content uh, awaited me. Uh, so... Every time they put somebody out there, I take like, you know, one of those crappy pictures every reporter takes from like with people's heads in front of me and then like the podium and it's zoomed in a little bit. So it's kind of pixelated. And it was of Dom Capers, uh, 72 now. Uh, and, you know, look, when he came out, I, 
could tell something was going on up top, <laughs> but that wasn't what my picture was about. It just said, welcome hmm. back coach capers. And then I proceeded. There it is. Then I proceeded. Said, welcome to, back. K. did not even coach. Yeah. You didn't even give him uh, the, the honor of calling him coach. You said, welcome, welcome back, back capers. Like, you know, so that's where okay. I was going with it. Um, <laughs> which maybe could have gotten like two or three likes at the most. That's what I expected. Uh, and then I, you know, tweeted some various quotes that, that Dom had said, but yeah, I mean, people, people noticed, and uh, people people went wild with it. I eventually had to mute my um, my own tweet from myself because it became too distracting with all the replies. And the one the one that really did it was when Buffalo Wild Wings jumped in the comments. Um, not like anything like oh, it was no. just like a like a random like <laughs> kind of poking fun at. Like I was just like it's just the person who works for Buffalo Wild Wings commenting what they would comment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was like. Barstool Big Cat quote tweeted it. Uh, I think the Levitard show. They replied, yes. I, yeah. I was trying so. to go through some of the bigger accounts. McNeil, <laughs> he's a big wow. Cleveland Twitter account. McNeil, he he tweeted out uh, the, the picture. And then he quote tweeted that with the Lego head and the mm -hmm. uh, the perfect hairline. I well, mean, everyone had the, it was a collective thought. Everyone yeah. had the collective thought and had to jump into the replies with the Lego, yeah. man. I have too much respect for Coach Capers to make it my pinned tweet, but I mean, <laughs> the numbers the numbers kind of do justify it. Nick, please, please pin that tweet, man. <laughs> Just put it right at the top for everybody to find. So, okay, this is what Charlotte has become. We have become a, a city of nostalgia. It, whether it was good or bad, it doesn't matter. We're, we're just going through the nostalgia of bringing back Dom Capers in some role. We already hired Steve Clifford. Doug, does this result in us hiring Dave Cowens back in the Hornets organization? Whoa. <laughs> you know, the, the Dom Capers and Dave Cowens similarities, it's a lot like, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln and JFK. If you look at this, you know, their secretary was named whatever. You can look at all these weird, eerie similarities between the two presidents. You know, D.C. Thing. and D.C., a little bit similar here. Uh, they were both fired uh, in – I'm not sure if uh, Dave Cowens was fired in 98 or 99 – but Capers was fired in 98, and during the 98-99 season, which was a lockout season for the NBA, uh, Dave Cowens was fired midseason after starting 4-11 and that season. They lost Anthony Mason. That was It's one of the sadder Hornet, you know, original Hornets lineups because of the injuries that they had to sustain. And uh, so he gets fired, and then Paul Silas comes back. So, yeah, I think, you, you know, we get a little D.C. reunion, bring back Cowens, see if he's driving a cab again, uh, get him out of the cab seat, and... Back into the coach's seat. <laughs> what do you say? Well, we, we we tried to do this with Kemba Walker for a long time. Are there any other figures that we want to bring back to the city of Charlotte? Like Dave Cowens is a good one, but I can't think of many other ones. You know, Kemba was always – we almost brought – <laughs> what's, what's, what's happening there? You get a little choked up thinking about Kemba, thinking about that scoring record. You all of a sudden getting choked up. What happened there? Do you want me to end the show? Because I'll just end it. <laughs> I will pull this car over right now. If we're going just coaches, I mean, Alan Bristow guy had a feathery head of hair back in the day. I don't know if, you know, I don't know what's going on up there now or if he could fake it, but uh, yeah, you can go that, you can go that well, route too. Uh, James Borrego. I mean, like that guy had it, like, like he had some pretty clean and it was his, it's pretty clean lines. Right. We're just talking, I know people, I know a lot of people don't want to bring back Borrego, <laughs> but um, you know, he had, oh. he had a pretty nice and tight up, up up on top of the dome there. So, okay, well, but if we're talking about Dom Capers being the first head coach of the Carolina mm. Panthers, if you want to bring back the first head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, well, you can't do it because he's no longer with us. But it would be wow. 
Dick Harder. Okay, perfect. And let's end on that one. All right, that's Nick Carboni joining us once again. Find him on Twitter and then go check out that Dom Capers tweet at Nick Carboni, WCNC. Doug Branson, everyone at boxscore.com. I'm, I'm Walker Mail. I'm on WFNC. You can check me out from 12 to 3 p.m. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube. Make sure you check out Locked On Game to Game. It is the only Locked On podcast that can deliver every single game across the association. You can find it YouTube, Odyssey app, wherever you get your pods. Thanks to Nick. Thanks to you guys. We'll be back with you tomorrow. As long as you don't bring back Jalen McDaniels. I'm kidding!